In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. So we're back with another episode and as of recording, no new signings. It's been a while since we can say that. But uh, that means we've got something else to talk about. And what I want to discuss today is an article that I wrote yesterday morning. It was just around basically who should the Browns restructure first and why? Because there's a good chance the Browns are going to restructure somebody. If we look at where their roster's at, um, we've effectively got around five to six million left in cap space for 2021. Um, the reason why we don't know numbers yet is because some of these deals haven't fully come out. The structure of how that money comes, is it signing bonus and money pushed into later years? Is it sort of guaranteed base salary? Um, so it's, it's tough to know exactly. And then also some of these deals like the Malik Jackson, the Walker deal, they could easily have incentives tied into them and be much lower than the initial number reported. Because what happens when a player signs all of these reports, they're coming from their agent who inflate their numbers because, hey, they, they want to make themselves look good. It's not the teams going out there and saying, yep, we signed this dude for this much. Here's how it's structured. So it, it takes a while to get that information out there. Um, but the Browns are going to need to restructure because if they're at sort of five, six at the moment, their draft class is going to cost about two million. Um, and that's net because... The key thing to remember, every time you sign someone, someone's dropping off the bottom of that 51-man roster. Um, they're going to want sort of, I think, f- around 8 million would probably be the nice amount of space going into the season. And the reason for that is if you have a player go down, you want to have that freedom to go and trade for someone to do something like that. Um, and Just by having a, a minimum, you're going to need at least 5 million in there. Um and then that's sort of a, a fair number to aim for. So um, who, who do they restructure? And what what is a restructure? So lots of people get confused that a restructure is something to do with a pay cut. And that's just not the case. So I'll touch on pay cuts at the end of this piece. But a restructure is basically moving around how someone gets paid. And so it's basically like a payday loan. It's a credit card. You're, you're just borrowing that money from the future to pay for stuff now so let's say we've got a player who's going to earn five million this year um what we can do is we can take four million of that turn it into a signing bonus and rather than that five million all counting this year on the salary cap we could say move say they've got this year and next year left on the deal so Two million of that four million signing bonus happens this year, and it evenly splits across the length of the deal. So two million would be next year, and so suddenly, yeah, you create two million of cap space. But the downside is next year you've got two million less to spend on other players, whether it's re-signing people, whether it's other free agents. So the minute you get into that, 
you're going to see the quality of free agent classes go down. And there's a good chance this will be the last major year of the Browns and free agency for quite a while because all of these young dudes are going to need paying. Um, so it's going to be much more move towards re-signing our own, especially the draft picks and people coming through rather than going out and signing bigger names in free agency. And also I'll include, include trading in that because they're going to want to play the comp pick game, which we'll touch later this season, probably at some point on comp picks because it's not something that's affecting this Browns, but it will be an important factor into next off season. So with the restructures, there's no talk they need to have with the agent. The players love it. If someone, if your boss said to you, Hey, we pay you every month at the moment. How about I do your deal? We're going to pay you your entire year's salary. You're going to guarantee it and put it into your bank account. No, no one's going to turn around and go, nah, I don't like that. That doesn't sound like a good idea. That's exactly what's happening with these guys. So their base salary is always done. Um, it used to be a 17th of the season because it was 16th games and bye week and it broken down that way. Looks like we're as good as moving to the 18, uh, 17 games, which means it will split into 18 and that's the way they'll get paid. So that's going to be a change there. Um, but yeah, a restructure isn't a pay cut. It's just taking their base salary roster bonus and going, hey, we're going to guarantee it, pay it straight up to you. But for salary cap purposes, it's pushing that money into later years. And you can go to the thedogland.com. You can read the whole article. So in terms of players, they can easily create some money and, and they could get all the way up to 34.75 million pretty easily. So OBJ, um, 9.67 million. Conklin, 6.75. Landry, 5.75. Treacher and Petonio, four each. Keenum, two and a half. Hooper, 2.25. So what you're going to do, if you wanted to, with all those dudes, change their base salaries into signing bonus and move that money into later years. And how that 34.75 million that you create this year plays out. Next year, that's 24 million in extra spending you're already committed to. In 2023, it's 10 million. And in 2024, that's 0.75 million. So that's what the knock-on impact of that money. It's effectively a loan um, or a credit card. You're sticking everything on a credit card and that's when you've got to pay the bill. Um, so it's a risky strategy, um, especially when who knows what's going to happen with COVID. Yeah, the TV deals have been announced. There's still 30 to, 40, 30 to 40 million worth of losses that the NFL will count for. We're going to see a steady rise in the salary cap. People talking about, hey, it's going to be 300 million next year. No, it's not. The NFL doesn't just have giant spikes in there. Um, it's going to slowly increase. So it wouldn't surprise me, hey, it goes up 20 million next year. And then it's going to go up 15 million roughly every year after that. Um, that would be the sort of realistic rise that you could look at. So top candidates for a restructure. There's two things that sort of make sense for when you're looking at, hey, who are we going to restructure on the roster? So the first is you want some years on it. There's no real point restructuring a deal that just moves that money into next year. Because if you're just moving that money into next year, then you're not really saving that much. Um, and also, if you just it, even if you move, say, 20 million into next year, cutting your budget by 20 million this year and then having to balance that 20 million the following year, it doesn't give you any space to really do stuff. You've still got to be really careful. Whereas you start spreading over three years, 
you start getting some real relief there. So you're looking for some, someone with more years than just next year under contract. And then the other part you want to look at is guarantees. If someone's salary is guaranteed, then they've already, they, you, they're already getting that money. Whereas someone with no guarantees in their deal um, is obviously a lot more risky because, hey, if you wanted to cut them or something, it, you've now lost that option. Um, so let, let's look at those players that we just listed through. OBJ is a possible one. He's got a guaranteed salary now, um, but the issue is if you restructure him, you're not going to trade him because you've just already given him all his money for this year and you can't move that over to the new team. Conklin, he's got the void years built in. He's guaranteed to be on the roster for the next two years, so he's ideal. Landry, there's no guaranteed money left. Tretter, I reckon they'll probably move on with Harris after next off-season. Betonio has got no guaranteed money left. Keenum, yeah, his deal's more or less fully guaranteed, but he's probably not going to be around after this off-season, so why move the money into next year and then cut him? Um, then, um, And then Hooper. They might move on from him and re-sign David Njoku next off-season, so it doesn't make sense. And that really cuts the list down to two people. So you've got Conklin and you've got OBJ. And purely with OBJ is, who knows? We don't think him and Baker can never work together, but at the same time, we don't know. So it could be a mid-season trade where they go, hey, it's four weeks in, it's not working, we need to move him on. So you don't want to guarantee his deal now and pay him all this money because then if you want to trade in mid-season, you've already lost all that salary cap commitment that's there. So what would restructuring Conklin's deal look like? So we convert tiny amount over 9 million of his base salary into a signing bonus. And that then frees up 6.7575 million. So yeah, if we, if we round it up, 6.76 million. Um, during the 2021 season. So that's how much cap space they gain, which is it's a sizable amount. It gives them some more space to move around, um, especially if they're going to go look after a uh, clowny. They're going to look up, go for one of these sort of decent corners. Um, they need that money. And then what it's going to do for the 2022 salary cap is increase that by 2.2525 million. Um, so yeah, 2.25 million. Um, and then in terms of the commitment in 2023, because of the void year and it'll accelerate up, it's 4.5 million of commitment in that year. So it does give you some much more flexibility to do some stuff. Um, it would mean, hey, if they have him for the last two years and then they let him walk, they're still going to have just over 10.5 million salary cap commitment in 2023 when he could be playing for another team. But I think that's a risk they're going to take. Um, it spreads that cost over nicely um, and gives them a lot more freedom. So for me, it just makes so much sense. If, if you want to free up some money, Jack Conklin is the guy you go to. Um, and then, yeah, you could potentially go and do more players, but you're only ever going to get into doing restructures if you really need to. If you're right up against the cap or you're going into the season, you haven't got sort of two and a half, three million, at least in space there, ideally five. Um but yeah, it's more you. It's a bit like with a mortgage. You wouldn't take out a mortgage and then go and try find a house to buy. You know that you've got the market and you can get a mortgage. You find the right house. You're ready to commit. 
and then you just release that funds. So that's the sensible way of doing it. Um, and that's exactly what will happen. So they've got about 5 million. They'll by all means spend some more of that before the season begins. But yeah, if you're looking to restructure, Conklin is the guy. Um, and people have been saying to me, hey, didn't Vernon and Hubbard restructure last year? No, they were actually forced into completely new deals. Um, so it wasn't a restructure, it's a redoing of the deal. Um, and yeah, they, they took a pay cut. Uh, but to do that, you have to be willing to cut a player. And I, I know I keep saying this, but it's a really, really important point. Imagine if your boss said, hey, Jack, can you, can you come have a meeting with me? Yeah, we need you to take a pay cut. And if you say no to this pay cut, don't worry, you can just go back to doing your job as you were. There's just no impetus that you would ever in your job, and why would these dudes take a pay cut for that? So this is one way you have to be willing to say no to the guy. And Richardson, for me, is the prime candidate. Um, there's a couple of different things they could do. Hey, they they could go to him and say, look, we need to get your number down. We've got over 17 and a half million, which is 9.5% of the salary cap committed to you and Malik Jackson. Um, they could go and look at a Jarrell Casey, a Ndomican Sue. They could look at a, um, there's another guy out there um, just off the tip of my tongue, but there, there's a handful of three techs that are out there um, and they could just go, look, Rather than pay Richardson 13, um, just over 13 million, we could bring in two dudes and pay them about 9 million. Um, and that could be a really, really nice combination where they're getting the rotation, freeing up some money um, that helps them go sign Jed Avion Clowney or something, um, or another one of these big edge defenders. And, and that could be a decision they make. So it could be the start of they're moving on from Richardson regardless. It could be that, hey, let's go back to Richardson, ask him to take a pay cut um, and see what happens because he might say, hey, well, let me go and then you have to make a decision, do you cut him? Um, but he is sort of prime candidate for some sort of reduction. Yeah, you could extend him. Um, I've wrote about that earlier in the, the off-season. So looking at about 31.5 million over three is the new years you'd put on the back and you do get his number down by doing that. So, uh, no, that's what I've looked at. And, uh, yeah, the piece, as all my writing always is, is over at thedogland.com. Um, thank you guys very much for listening. It's been so nice. Um, we've all been chatting about it, uh, three of us that do the podcast, on just the support from you guys, um, jumping into our DMs, just saying, hey, guys, loving the show, um, throwing us some different ideas. Um, but, no, thank you so much for your support. Have a great rest of the weekend. Um, as always, you can get me on Twitter. It's at Jack Duffin, D-double-F-I-N. I'll always answer any cat questions, anything going on. So uh, as always, go Browns.